Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are, right across the Faith FM network. We are so stoked that you are with us this morning. I believe that it is the 5th of November. Today's a Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday, the 5th of November. And you are joined this morning by Lawson and... Jasmine. Hey. You. Jasmine, how are you this morning? I'm okay. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Fit man, early mornings. Um, what are you grateful for? Uh, I'm really grateful for, I had a really good weekend. My parents came up to see me. They came up from Canberra and had a really good time. Um, just spending time with them was really nice. I'm grateful that they came. Oh, man, that is amazing. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. You know what I'm grateful for this morning? What are you grateful for, Lawson? Sleep. That's a good one. Like, just in general. Because I haven't been getting great sleep, <laughs> and so I'm sure that one day I'm going to have a really good sleep, and I'm going to be really grateful. So I guess I'm I'm proactively grateful for an amazing sleep that I'm going to have after a string of like not very sleep-filled oh, no. nights. So that implies you didn't have a good sleep last night. Yeah, it wasn't the best. I like... It was an okay sleep. I just went to bed late and woke up early. Ah, But of course, I went to bed late because I was having an amazing night eating burgers and playing table tennis with some friends. So, so yeah, like life's good. God's good. (laughs) Amen. What are some things that we're going to hear coming up in the show? Oh, you're going to hear some good news. Got some really heartwarming stories coming up as well as some good stuff that's happening around the world about uh, how we are working to um, combat climate change. So, that's... Oh, it's good stuff. I tell you what, climate change good news is my favorite good news. <laughs> climate change, developer developments in medical technology, and developments in electric car technology. <laughs> that's like that's <laughs> that is where it's at. I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, one of the big occasions that's happening today. Actually, um, the Melbourne Cup. Oh, is that today? Yes, that is today. Uh, surprisingly, yeah, oh, I cool. had the same re- reaction. I was like, oh, okay, I sweet. I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> We're going to be talking about that uh, a little bit more coming up to up after this. Right now, this is The Lower Lights with Go Down Moses. Moses, 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We're continuing on with our show this morning here in uh, lovely Raymond Terrace. This will actually be the last day that we're broadcasting out of Raymond Terrace before we uh, move back to our Wool's End studio. Of course, we've, we've loved broadcasting out of here. It's nice and homely for, for me and Jasmine as we yeah. work here. We're like, oh, yeah, this is this is our this is our place. This is it's, our also, city. it's pretty cool when people come in, they see the whole set. Oh, yeah, yeah, we host the radio here. <laughs> yeah, it's just this is what we do. Um, but of course, looking outside this morning, it's nice and cloudy. Hopefully, we'll get some some rain today that'll um, give us some greenery going into summer. We have a clue. We have a quiz. We, we have a clue for the quiz. All right. So, oh, oh I want to get this. First. This is a what city am I quiz, and the first clue is Bersha was the king of this city. Bersha. Bersha. Yes, Bersha. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you know um, who, what city Bersha was the king of, you can call 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or SMS 0491-064-669. I'm not even going to attempt to guess, so that means the double <laughs> prizes are up no for grabs this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. All right, so what have we got going on? Good, positively different news happening around our world. Yeah, let's jump into some good stuff. So this is a nice heartwarming one to start off the morning. There is a a lady by the name of Laurie Wood, who's an ICU nurse at the the Piedmont Noonan Hospital in Georgia, who has adopted, officially adopted, a 27-year-old man with autism so that he can receive a heart transplant. That is wild, it's super like wild. start to finish. Yeah, like, so she, and it, get, it gets better. She adopted him after only two days of knowing the man. She met him and after two days she was like, I will adopt you. 
because um, within the system, especially for um, organ transplants, doctors require that um, the patients are guaranteed to have someone to take care of them after an operation. Mm -hmm. So without that support, it's very, very unlikely that you'll receive a transplant. Mm -hmm. So this nurse who's working there, she met him and um, had like small things to do with him over two days and in a statement she says when you're a nurse and you're wanting to fix and help people that can be very frustrating at some point god places people in situations in your life and you have the choice to do something about it and i guess for this situation there was no choice it really wasn't anything i struggled about he just had to come home with me that is insane that is really really cool because you know the fact that she adopted him like my mind immediately goes to like oh there's some i guess legal loophole which they're trying to get around Mm. which there is but the whole point is that oh yeah so i just need to adopt him so that i can look after him when he gets his heart transplant the life change within the space of two days she's just crazy but that's that's incredible like she is probably that is by far one of the most heartwarming <laughs> yeah. stories I've heard all year because, it, like, the level of generosity there mm. and care that she has for this guy. Yeah, like, you think about um, people taking care of um, people with autism and you already have a high level of respect for that. Like, that's mm. an incredible um, undertaking. But she did this as well, knowing that she would have to nurse him back from a heart transplant. That's probably one of the most intense yeah. transplants organ transplants that there is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really incredible. So how old is this lady? Uh, the, it doesn't say how old the lady is, um, but she's she's been working as a nurse for some time, so I'm guessing she's maybe over 40. Okay, okay. Man, it, and does, she, does it indicate whether she has like a family or not, or is she just by herself? I be, I believe she's just by herself. Okay. Could be wrong, but it doesn't right. it doesn't say anything otherwise. So the reason why um, this uh, guy, his name is Jonathan Picard, why he doesn't have a family, his grandmother was the one I believe taking care of him, and she recently passed away, and his mm. mother is currently in rehab. Mm. So that would be a tricky situation to navigate as well coming onto the scene. So just all around, like, it's a very heavy situation for him, needing a heart transplant as well. And for this person to just step in and just say, oh, well, I'm going to love you and take responsibility for you and care for you. That's incredible. Yeah, it's super awesome. Good on Laurie Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so next thing um, happening around the world so if you enjoy climate change news, then <laughs> Lawson can help us out with the lingo on this. Um, the, some of the top 30, the, the 30 largest cities in the world have um, been dropping their um, carbon emissions significantly. Mm-hmm. So um, the top 30 cities have peaked their carbon emissions, which I've been looking it up and trying to understand this because that doesn't sound like a good thing for me. <laughs> but it means that they've hit the point of, like they've hit the downfall. So okay. it's in, they're not climbing in how much okay. carbon they're... Wow. Um, and that's the top 30 biggest cities in the world. So, the so latest, they're all in decline. Yeah, they're all in, in decline. And I'll read out um, what they are. Top 30 cities, Athens, Austin, Barcelona, Berlin, Boston, Chicago, Copenhagen, Heidelberg, Lisbon, <laughs> London, Los Angeles, Madrid, Melbourne, um, Milan, Montreal, New Orleans, New York City... 
Oslo, Paris, Philadelphia, Portland, Rome, San Francisco, Stockholm, Sydney, Toronto, Vancouver, Venice, Warsaw, and Washington, D.C. So Australia made it on there with Melbourne and Sydney. Hmm. I wouldn't (laughs) think Melbourne would be in the top 30. Yeah. But that's awesome. That's amazing. That is. It's really cool. So um, the leading scientists in the world calculated that the global greenhouse um, emissions as a whole ha- had to peak by 2020 in order mm-hmm. to limit the global temperature rise to only 1.5 degrees. Yeah. So the top 30 cities really got on board with that. They're part of the C40 group, which I looked yeah. that up as well, and that's the, the 94 different major cities in the world that got mm-hmm. together to meet um, climate change targets. But uh, those top 30 cities represent 58 million urban citizens Mm. who were working together with um, to lower their targets, which is really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, uh, as a average, the 30 cities have reduced greenhouse gas emissions by an average of 22%, mm-hmm. which actually sounds like a considerable amount. That's a hu- that is a giant amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But get this, uh, Copenhagen has reduced emissions by up to 61%. Dude, Copenhagen is doing the yes, most. Yes, what a winner. Is there any information on how exactly, like the means in which they're using to lower their carbon emission? Yeah, yeah, there's a, several um, different ones. So today, 82 cities have implemented cycle hire schemes, mm-hmm. and this is compared to 13 in 2009. So it went from 13 to 82 cities have been putting... Um, Cycling, so people are riding their bikes more instead of taking their cars. There's now more than 66,000 electric buses on the streets of uh, C40 cities compared to fewer than 100 in 2009. Oh, wow. We're from 100 to 66,000 electric buses, which is cool. Uh, 24 cities have committed to achieving 100% renewable electricity, Mm. but that's by 2030. So... Um, but there was only four cities who had committed to that in 2009. Oh, wow. So four to 24. This is really significant um, contributions. There's 18 cities have banned or restricted single-use non-recyclable plastics, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really important. That's something yeah. we hear about all the time. Well, we were talking recently about how Victoria has just outright banned um, the use of single-use plastic bags. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. And there's uh, one last one. 17 cities have restrict have placed restrictions on high-polluting vehicles that cover a significant part of the city. Well, there you go. Oh, man. Well, that's some, some good news in the sphere of climate change, which you don't often hear. We're going to continue on with our show. This is Lauren Daigle with Power to Redeem. No. Oh. 
Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on with our uh, live breakfast show this morning. We have a, another clue for the quiz, um, I, I believe. Or Yeah, yeah, okay. So, we, that was, I made a mistake with uh-huh. the quiz and we happen to have done that one before. So, we're going to switch, but uh, for those who are wondering, that last one was Gamora. Okay. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Right. So, you've probably heard that one. We're going to switch to a new one. Oh, this is interesting. It is a Who Am I quiz. I hope we haven't done this one. (laughs) It is... The first clue is Acts 5, verse 1, is the only place in the Bible to mention this woman's name. Ooh, Acts 5. Acts 5 and verse 1. It's the only place in the Bible to mention this woman's name. Has Lawson got it? No. No, that is incorrect. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I believe there's still double prizes. No, no, it's fully double prizes. Alrighty, so 
If you know who that is, call 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. If you know who that is, you'll be in the, in the running to win Steps to Christ. This is oh, a classic book. by Ellen yeah. White, How to Know Him Better. I've started reading this, actually. It's really amazing. <laughs> it's um, some really good stuff. You'll be really blessed by that. So if you know who that is. All right. Um, okay, I've got, to, got a couple of things to talk about. Yeah, that, that's an amazing book, by the way. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, but, okay, a few things. Let's, let's start with what I, what I teased at before. Today is Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, hey, one of uh, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest I guess occasions of the year in Australia. What they call the the race <laughs> that stops the nation, and it, it's it yeah, I think it is. Like I don't okay. know how many times, like you know, coming home from school, especially because I I would get home from school at like around like three o'clock in the afternoon when the when the race starts and it would be you know like cars pulling over to the side of the road yeah to, true to Actually, listen to yes. the race and like um. That. Living, I lived in a building that was beside like a, a food works, and you'd like look in there. Everyone's like crowded around the TV <laughs> or a phone. Um, it's a huge. I remember actually in in school, like we had a tipping competition for the Melbourne Cup, and we could win prizes on a horse that we tipped. So really, in school, in, how old were in you? School, that was when I was in year three, so I was like nine. Oh and wow! Like, so, yeah. Um, but obviously, this year, more than ever, not only is this one of the biggest occasions of the year, but it's it's one of the most controversial occasions of the year. Mm. Um, of course, with the nation of Australia becoming more, hmm, what's the word, maybe conscientious um, about literally everything all the time, <laughs> yeah. um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, with Australia becoming more conscientious, um, you know, not only is this a day of, you know, big celebration, but also of large protest. Um, they had the big parade yesterday in the, in, in Melbourne about the, you know, the Melbourne Cup and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, protesters were out in full force with banners and with, uh, blow horns and sirens and whatnot, making a lot of noise about this particular thing, um, about, you know, banning horse racing and whatnot. Mm. Um, they, ha- they do have, reasons um since i believe it's 2016 about 137 horses have died on the on the track and that was that was a statistic between it was between july 2016 and july 2018 um like 137 horses have died in two years in two years yeah so wow so it is it, it is something that you know you can definitely see the reasons why they're protesting there is harm there um and you also have to consider like something that just comes up in my mind i guess is just the frivolousness of <laughs> horse racing it's like always oh, you know we spend millions and millions of dollars on horses that go out to race to win people money like that ultimately you know there is some nobility and oh look you know this is the fastest horse in the world and this is the fastest jockey in the world and we did the best job at training a horse like i'm not going to deny it it's a sport like like any other but at the same time the melbourne cup if any sport in the world is really struggling to balance on that line between like you know genuine sporting you know you know, genuine, I guess, uh, sport and a spectacle that win people, that wins people 
money. Mm. Of course, again, this is one of the you know highest times of alcohol-fueled violence in Australia, as you have two things going on. That one of that is you know because it's such a huge celebration, yeah. there is a lot of alcohol, and because there's such huge gambling, um, that is something that. Um, has statistically proven on all these kinds of big events, grand final night, Melbourne Cup day, all these things has led to high levels of domestic violence because of the obvious, um, you know, injuries that come with Mm. gambling and people losing and, you know, just, yeah, very gnarly situation. So, yeah, I would honestly, I would love to open this up to our listeners about what you think about the Melbourne Cup. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and tell us what you think, whether you think this is a good thing or a bad thing. A lot of the reasons, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at a page now that has a lot of quotes from from different Australians about what they think um, Melbourne Cup is, and there's some people, um, Emma from Sydney, she's just like, yep, the Melbourne Cup makes me feel sick to my stomach, I hate it, it's just the worst thing ever. Whereas uh, Carly from from Canberra, she's, you know, I'm really conflicted. I don't support the horse racing or animal sporting in general, but the idea of getting together for a party and to celebrate is a good thing. So, yeah, people go both ways. I know from my perspective as a Christian who, like, I don't, drink um mm. you know or really i guess oh man i love parties but i don't really party in in that way so i'm i'm kind of like oh man the melbourne cup could drop off the face of the earth tomorrow and i would be okay with it you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm not particularly pressed about it but hey i would love to to get any feedback um uh, yeah give us a call or text us at 0491 something i just quickly wanted to cover in the last couple of minutes we are only one year out from the American presidential election, um, which is which is a huge thing in our world. Of course, uh, this year's presidential, you know, the 2020 election is, I think, has nowhere near the, I guess, the hype of the 2016 election. I remember yes. at this time in 2015 when uh, Donald Trump had announced that he'd be running for president. It was just a media frenzy. That yeah, it was everywhere. It was it was huge. It was massive. Um, but we're not we're not really seeing that, of course, because Donald Trump is president. It's you know it's it's been a thing. People have kind of gotten over it. Not saying that you know Donald Trump is just by far the center of every media outlet ever, constantly for the last four years. By far one of the most uh, I guess charismatic and talked about presidents because of, I guess the divisive figure that he is. So so that's a matter of it's a matter of who's running that. That it's been so much quieter this Yeah, time. fully. And I think also because at the end of the last election, um, you know, Barack Obama had finished his two terms. So for both the uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, they had to have the preliminaries to pick a candidate. Whereas this year, because Donald Trump has only done one term and he's being put up for re-election, it's only the Democrats that have to go through pre- preliminaries. Uh. What preliminary is basically is... Um, what we don't do in Australia and what they do in America is the public get to vote for who they want the Democratic candidate to be. Mm. So that's the vote that happens first, who the Democratic candidate or the Republican candidate, if Donald Trump wasn't running again, um, who that candidate would be. And then that particular <laughs> candidate, after there's a vote that happens for them, then they go face to face with the um you know, with the Democratic candidate will go face-to-face with the Republican candidate. Um, these This year's Democratic candidates are Joe Biden, who was the, the vice president under Barack Obama, uh, Bernie Sanders, who who ran in 2016, 
and um, Elizabeth Warren as well. So, yeah, exciting times in politics. We're going to hear more and more about this over the, the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned. This is Kemi Ogendi with Note to Self. It's okay to grow. It's okay to grow. It's okay to scrape your knee on the pavement to rise and fall to try once more. It's okay to grow to learn as you go. Don't be The Breakfast Show, bits you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And joining me on the phone today, all the way from Malaysia, is a very old friend of mine from many, many years ago, David Farm. David, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Now, David, Good morning to everyone. Yeah, yeah. We, we reconnected uh, recently at a camp meeting down in Victoria, which was uh, yes. just, it was fantastic. It was amazing down there. Um, <laughs> it was nice. But, David, I wanted you to share, I wanted you to share with our listeners you know, some of your story. You've had a most uh, remarkable story. God has worked in your life, done amazing things, mm-hmm. and, um, sure. and, and you're now running the Anon uh, Health Institute there in yes. um, a health retreat, Malaysia. I should say, in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Just, just very quickly, whereabouts in Malaysia is that? We are about one and a half hours from the uh, the capital's airport, international airport, and about one hour forty five minutes from the capital. I was just South. looking. I was just looking at. Uh, I typed in Anon Malaysia, and it brought up your health institute straight away into Google Maps. 
and was looking yeah. at some uh, some photos, some video footage, some aerial shots, and uh, it looks like just the most beautiful place on the planet that you have right there, up on a mountain. Oh, thank God! Thank God! Yeah, it was wonderful. And uh, all of those, all of those big boulders and stuff area, just uh, yeah, yes. amazing. Praise God! Yes. But your story, yes. let's 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 go back to the beginning of your story. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, David, as as a young person, how did you how did you come to give your life to God? Well, my life was a. Uh, I found God when I was in the lowest time of my life because I come from a big family, uh, eight brothers and two sisters. I'm the eleven of the youngest, and uh, and my parents had many grandchildren, great grandchildren, and I grew up with my nephews because my brothers they are much older than me, and their children are older than me, you know. Mm. So I grew up together with my nephews. And in this big family, I lack of love. I do not have counsel what to do in life. And I end up with a lot of bad decisions in my life. And it was at my third, age of 13, my brother is the first one that called me to the church. And I was so thankful at the age of 13. Uh, from there, I get to know Jesus. And, and I found that Jesus can direct my life. So at a very early age, um, I would say at 16 age, 16 years old, I gave my life to God and I want him to, to direct my life. Mm. So I think I end up today is all because I surrender my life to God. Yeah, praise God. That's 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 just amazing. Amen. And uh, you know, just looking at what you've got there in Malaysia right now, I mean, it's just uh, it's 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 sensational what God has been able to do through you. So praise God for that. Now, David, yeah, I never um, dreamed about that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I really want to talk about that. But you know, when we first met, you your your area of primary interest, and in, which still is the case, was. Uh, Health ministry, health uh, evangelism, yes. Um, yes. working with health health retreats and so forth. You were studying at the time for that. I was studying for ministry um, back at the Heartland College days in uh, in Virginia in the United States. What was it that got you that, that that started you having an interest in health work? Well, we all started in 1989 when one of the Heartland graduates from um, Malaysia came back came back from the US uh, and when he arrived back to Malaysia he told me he wanted to start a medical missionary work so I'm in 1989 I have no idea at that time I was about 19 years old I was asking him what it's all about so he said can you join me and help me so I say yeah since I have finished my old level my, my, my secondary school I say yeah for sure so both of us started and we, we just rented a house, and uh, very simple. And he wanted to bring in some guests to come and live with him. So I was the first guest with him, learning together. And I brought my mom. And that time, my mom was 65 years old. And she had already suffered with lifestyle diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetic, heart disease, migraine headache, arthritis, overweight, and all kinds of sickness. Mm. And I remember... He always, she has always had to take so much medication. So I, I remember I asked my mother, I said, Ma, how long do you need to take this medication? And she told me she, she had to take this until she died. And I was taken it by a great shock. I say, I said, how come a medication has to take until so long, until you die? 
I thought, you know, in in my young age, medication is only for a short while, and and when you get well, you you are well, you you don't have to depend on medication. So when my friend he say he wanted to start a medical missionary work uh, health retreat home health center, and I said I I will bring my mom. So I brought my mom, and uh, so two of us was with with him for one month, and after one month. I was so surprised just by eating simple, exercise every day, sleep early, and pray every day, and a very simple life. Within 30 days, she lost 15 kilo, and her blood pressure was back to normal. Her diabetic is almost normal. Her migraine headache was gone, and her heart disease was well. Her arthritis was gone, and everything seemed to be transformed. And I was so shocked. And I said, how come? The doctor never told us that we there's a second way out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I was really happy and I saw her getting well. And that time, my friend's mother was there. She was also well. So, with that, I decided I prayed about it and God impressed me. He said, David, I want you to do this work to bless others. So, that was the reason because of my mother's transformation and I saw so many people that year. I was with my friend for one year. Everywhere, everyone that come and stay with us a month, they all got well and they improved greatly from their poor health. So with that, I caught a vision. I said, I must walk into this lifestyle medicine. So I was thankful that an opportunity was given to me to go to Heartland to study. And that's where I end up doing health all my life now. And of course, that's where we bumped into each other, um, and yeah, that the the the, uh, the story continues from there. David, you've got so many stories to tell, but I do remember that while we were fellow students together, you went on a number of mission trips, and I'm just sort of yes. thinking. I think there was some to the Philippines and and uh, China, places like that. Could you share, you know, maybe one or two experiences from that, and how that impacted your life um, to continue with what you're doing today? Yes. You know, when I was studying in Heartland, um, I studied not only health, I studied the Bible. And the Bible told us that Jesus was the greatest medical missionary. Wherever he goes, he heals. And so many people came to him because he was a healer. He was not only a preacher. And he ministered to many people and all manner of diseases, he healed them all. So I told God, I said, Lord, I must learn from you. You are the greatest physicians, right? And wherever he goes, he healed people. So I pray, and the Lord opened a way for me to go to Philippines. So in 1992, I went to Philippines with one of my friends. And I go to this small village called Agusan, a fishing village. And when I was there, and one of the church members said, and there was a sick woman in, uh, in, at home that had not attended church for more than one year. And she had suffered with cancer and dying. So I said, okay. So as I was going to visit this lady, and uh, the person that brought me there, her name is Mrs. Barbarino. And she said, David, she's going to die soon. Just go and pray with her. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. But in my heart, I was thinking, if I just pray for her, I mean, anyone can do that, right? Mm-hmm. If a person is hungry, if a person is hungry, you just pray for him. I mean, you, without giving him food, your prayer is nothing. So I told God, when I visit this lady, you must tell me what to do for her. So I saw her. Her name is Annabelle. She was only 34 years old. And I, I told her, 
I said, why you don't go to hospital? She, she was suffering with breast cancer. And uh, the doctor said to her that she was going to die. So she just waited to die. And you have to understand, Filipinos in that fishing village, they are all very poor. So they had no money to go to look for help. So I prayed with her. And I was talking to her. The Lord impressed upon me that whatever Jesus healed when he was in this earth, you know, when people came to Jesus, Jesus always asked them, do you believe? Belief is very important in the healings for somebody. So when a, person, a sick person told God, told Jesus that he believed, and Jesus said, your faith will make you whole. And with that, based by their faith, they will make whole. And when, they're making, when, when they were healed, Jesus told them, now go and sin no more. You see, they have to change of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They have to make a new life. Yeah? If not, Jesus said, if you don't change, a worse will happen to you. A more evil will come to you. Mm. So this is a principle that Jesus taught me. So I told Annabelle, I said, Annabelle, do you believe in Jesus? And out of great faith, she said, yes. I said, okay, by your faith, you shall be made whole. And say, Annabelle, we need to change all our lifestyle. Anything that is contribute, I mean, to the cancer, we have to stop it. Like meat eating, you know, we have to stop meat eating, egg, milk, come to plant-based diet, a vegan diet. So, I mean, those days, 20, 30 years ago, when you tell people to stop <laughs> eating meat when you have cancer, people think you're crazy, right? Sure Only, did. Today, sure did. <laughs> Only today, when people, I mean, it's a fashion today for people to, to be vegetarian. But those days, it is hard to hurt. I mean, nobody will believe you. But she believed. And she gave out all the meat diets, but go into plant-based diet. And but before she went into diet, I mean, in this plant-based diet, we, well, I, I asked her to go for a fasting diet. So she only had water and juice. And we do a very simple juice fasting. That's what I did for my mother when I was I mean, two years ago before I went to college. And I bring her for exercise. And we do some simple remedies like uh, steam bath, you know, uh, uh, fever bath, uh, charcoal poultice, anything that I, we can find from the village. And through prayer, through faith, through change of lifestyle. Amazing thing. Within two, three days, all her pain went away. And then within two weeks, she's almost, I mean, almost renewed. I mean, two years later when I met her, she was back to work. She was a teacher. She was back to work. She was back to normal. Everything was just amazing to me, you know. Mm. So because of that, she was transformed after one week. And many, many sick people came to us. And everyone, they trusted the Lord. Everyone, they willing to change their lifestyle and give their heart to God. Great thing happened to them. It was not in me. I was just leading them to come to Jesus. And Jesus was a great healer. to heal them when they had faith in Jesus. And by changing their lifestyle, by giving their heart to God, many of them was healed from a lot of sicknesses. And that was my great experience uh, when I was in 1992 in Philippines. You know? mm. And from there, the Lord brought me to China, brought me to many, many other countries, where especially like China, places where religious, religions was a great, great oppression. You know? And mm. you cannot openly share gospel. I, and I remember missionary work was the best way, you know? Yeah. You cannot, you don't need to tell Jesus directly. You can tell them how Jesus healed and we use Jesus' way to heal people 
And this way, we can share gospel in a very uh, safe way. Yeah, mm, mm. yeah I remember uh, back in the day when uh, in the dormitory, and there was only one phone in the dormitory, and it was in my room, and sometimes they get a call in the middle of the night with people speaking Chinese and and uh, yeah, go and go and drag David out of bed to uh, come and answer the phone. It's like, well, this phone call is not for me. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Good yes, times. Yes, good times. Yes, yes. Yeah, good memories. And yes. uh, this must have had a powerful impact on 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 your life to see people's lives being changed, uh, people's lives, you know, people being healed, uh, particularly from, you know, from terminal cancer. That is a very very powerful testimony. Um, that you're sharing yes, right yes. there of, of how God worked in this situation, and of course from there you went on to uh, to work in China full time for a period um, before going back to Malaysia yes. and starting Anon uh, Health Retreat. Yes. Um, very quickly, tell us about yes. tell us about that year in China um, after you finished um, your studies, um, and uh, how did you end up there? Why did you end up there? And um, yeah, tell us about that 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 period of time. Yeah, when I finished my college, I, I, I was deciding where to go. And God told me directly that, you know, he impressed upon me that he wanted me to go to China. And in those days, 1995, China is, is a remote place, especially the health center. They're all built in this old time, you know. So to make the long story short, I struggled for a long time, but I decided I must follow Jesus wherever he asked me to go, even though it's not pleasant, but I know his way is the best way. So I went to China. Uh, I was working together with two doctors from America. They, they are Dr. and Mrs. Weeby. They're all subspecialists. And they went to China to do missionary work to help the people in China to know about health. So we have a technology exchange with China. And we went to China to share health at the same time we will share gospel uh, in a very careful way. And when I was there, I was able to meet many people from the church to come and join our program. And when they join our program, we taught them how to live a proper lifestyle. You know, many of them, they're fought just by prayer. Many people think that you just pray by faith and nothing, will, you know, just by faith. Of course, if you don't know anything else, God will still bless. But God today has given us so much knowledge. And God expects us to obey the law of health. Mm. So I share with the people and they all learn and they start to realize faith without work is blindness, is dead. So with all the information they received, they were, they were so happy and they told us, man, now we can go back to share with thousands of members how to change their lifestyle and we do, we must keep the law of health and we were able to keep the law of health. The rest of the blessing will come. So many of them experience the healing power of God through nature, through obeying the laws of hell, by eating right, by sleeping right, by, by surrendering their heart to God, to exercise, to drink their waters, to rest well. You know, all the simple remedies, simple nature of hell. And after one year, I was sharing, I was experiencing China. It was great, you know. And, it's, and I told God, it's not too bad. And I was deciding to stay in China for life. But it was when I decided to stay China, China for life and God sent a pastor to talk to me. And he just simply asked me a question. And he said, David, how many health centers you have in Malaysia? And I say, I say, in Malaysia, we don't even have one center. And he was taken by surprise. He said, why? There's great freedom in Malaysia. It's not like in China. 
But how come there's no health center in Malaysia? And I said, I don't know. So he said, you better go back to Malaysia and do something for your own people. <laughs> oh, I say maybe God has sent you to talk to me, you know. <laughs> so, so I went back to pray and God told me, yeah, it's time to go home. And I say, but Lord, I told God, I say, Lord, you yourself say a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown. Okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. So, so you didn't want to go to China when God sent you to China. And now, and now when God sends you home, you don't want to go home. <laughs> Exactly, you know, this is all hum- human weakness. <laughs> because I know when I go back to Malaysia, they will not as welcome me as China. Because China, I'm a foreigner. They welcome me. Whatever I say, they will listen. When I go back to Malaysia, they will say, this is Joseph's son, you know, and we all know him when they grow up. So it's a great challenge to start in your own hometown, you know. So I pray about it and I told God, well, God, if you want me to go back, you at least have to open three ways for me. First, you must give me people willing to work together. You know, this work is not by yourself. You need a dedicated team to work together. Second, I say you must give me the money to build the center. I have no money. I'm a poor missionary. And third, I say, Lord, every successful, successful man needs a good wife. <laughs> I say you mm-hmm. must give me a Amen. wife yep. that was the supportive, they will, they will help me, and you will, you know, especially a missionary, we have no earthly goods. So I asked for a wife. They will not ask any earthly thing from me. I will support me and, and walk with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I pray for these three things. Well, to make the long story short, after one year in China, I came back to Malaysia to test the ground. And to my great surprise, God gave me a team of workers, a doctor and his wife to join me. His wife was a doctor's wife, was a, was a nurse. And I found another nurse, which today became my wife. So I got two nurses and one doctor and myself. And a wife. One week, God gave me the people. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic, David. We're going to have to leave it here because we are out of time. But what we're going to do is we're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to talk again. And we're going to hear the rest of this story because there are there is some sensational miracles that uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about with. But thank you so much for joining us today, David. Okay. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be back with part two again tomorrow. Let me tell you about a story The prophet Daniel told About three Hebrew boys Who wouldn't bow to the king's image of gold Well, he threw Problem.
Fantastic food, fun, friends, and fellowship. Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in, and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big, iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Hey, I'm Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us, and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Someone in 
Touch a little.